Good afternoon, people, and welcome to Word Encounter episode number 20. And so in episode 19, we completed uh, uh, Exodus, and now we enter into Leviticus. And uh, let me read one of the notes here about the book of Leviticus. The title of the book derives from the intention it gives to the duties of the Levites who were charged with the ministry of the tabernacle. And so we find in the book of Leviticus a lot of details from the Lord, a lot of specific instructions to his people and to the priests with regard to how to conduct business essentially before him. There's also a lot of details with regard to how to live life, how to live um, in a community, what he expects from his people. And so there's a lot of detailed oriented things in here uh, from the Lord. And so as such, we're going to probably get through Leviticus pretty quickly here as, uh, uh, you know, like I said, it can get very, very detailed with specifics, um, direct, directed specifically at Moses, Aaron, Aaron's sons, and the other Levi, uh, Levitical priests and, and whatnot. <clears throat> So here we are in, in chapter one and talks about the offering. So one of the types of offerings is a burnt offering. And it says in the word here, uh, like in verse three, uh, if his offering is a burnt offering from the herd, he is to bring an unblemished male. He will bring it to the entrance to the tent of meeting so that he may be accepted by the Lord. And so we find here that we have a, um, a description with regard to the burnt offering. And in um, one of the notes here, it says, this was the most frequent of, Israel, of, of Israel's offerings to be offered by God's priest every morning and every evening. So this was a daily offering um, in the morning and in the evening with regard um, uh, to uh, atone for things that they may or may not do, and also in recognition of who God is. And, um, and they wanted to make sure that, that they were living right before the Lord. In chapter two, we talk about grain offerings. Grain offering is the, is, is the, is the type of offering that essentially um, the people were making to the Lord for the harvest. As there was no animal sacrifice um, uh, that was involved with the grain offering. It says in verse one, uh, when anyone presents a grain offering as an offering to the Lord, it is to consist of fine flour. He is to pour olive oil on it, put frankincense on it, and so and bring it before the Lord. And so this had nothing to do with animal sacrifice or blood or, or anything like that. And so we move on to chapter three, there's fellowship offerings. And so a fellowship offering, one of the distinctive things about a fellowship offering is that it was one of the offerings that was made uh, that the people actually participated in eating in. And so it wasn't just a sacrifice of animals and blood on the altar that would be consumed before the Lord and, and whatnot, but the people actually took part in the fellowship offering. And then there's sin offerings and uh, to atone for the people's sins and um, all kind of offerings. And so in chapter five and six, and then chapter seven and, and eight and nine, the Lord gets into these specifics with regard to instructing Moses on how to instruct the people with regard to these offerings and how to instruct the priests with regard to these offerings and anointing oils and, and, and all of this stuff and basically how to, how to recognize him before his throne, if you will. Um, then in chapter 9, we get into some priestly um, ministry, inaugurations and whatnot, some things that the uh, um, 
that Aaron was supposed to do for his sons, to purify his sons, to bring them before the Lord and, and whatnot. And in chapter 10, it, it gets interesting because um, in verse 1, it says in chapter 10, Aaron's sons, uh, Nadab and uh, Abihu, each took his own fire pan, put fire in it, placed incense on it, and presented unauthorized fire before the Lord, which we had, he had not commanded them to do. And then in verse 2, Then fire came from the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Now that seems to be a little bit uh, harsh. You know, they came before the Lord in there with the fire pan and incense and whatnot. But as we have seen in the previous chapters, the Lord goes into specific detail with regard to how the people and the priests are to approach him. And apparently the sons of Aaron violated the specific details that the Lord had given. And so, uh, and apparently they had done so consciously thinking as though that they could approach the Lord, however they wanted to, as opposed to how the Lord dictated to them, they were to do, and they paid the ultimate price. And so again, in verse two, then fire came from the Lord and consumed them and they died before the Lord. In verse three, Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord has spoken. I will demonstrate my holiness to those who are near me, and I will reveal my glory before all the people. And Aaron remained silent. And so Aaron has just lost his two sons. And the Lord is telling Moses, I will demonstrate my holiness to those who are near me. In other words, essentially saying that because they did not follow my rules and my laws and my policies, they were not near me. And so in, in, in verse 4, Moses summoned uh, Mishael and, uh, what is this, Elzaphan, uh, sons of Aaron's uncle, and said to them, Come here and carry your relatives away uh, from the front of the sanctuary to a place outside the camp. And so he tells his cousins to come in here and take your cousins away. And not only were they killed, but put them outside the camp. I mean, goodness gracious, in verse 5, So they came forward and carried them in their uh, tunics outside the camp, and Moses said, uh, as Moses had said. Then in verse 6, Then Moses said to Aaron and his sons, uh, Eleazar and Ithamar, uh, Aaron's two other sons, Do not let your hair hang loose, and do not tear your clothes, or else you will die, and the Lord will become angry with the whole community. In other words, Moses is telling Aaron and his other two sons, your sons and your brothers have been killed by the Lord because they didn't follow instructions. And don't you mourn. Don't you dare mourn. Because they did something that was despicable to me, and don't you mourn. And so that, that leads me to believe that, uh, that, the, the, that the two sons that perished, had willfully done something that they knew that they were not supposed to do, that they knew was egregious as far as the Lord was concerned. And so because of this, the Lord has instructed Aaron, the father, and his other two sons, the brothers, not to mourn. And so that is, <laughs> that's pretty heavy. We go on to verse 8 in chapter 10. The Lord spoke to Aaron. You and your sons are not to drink wine or beer when you enter the tent of meeting, or else you will die. This is a permanent statute throughout your generations. You must distinguish between the holy and the common. In other words, when you come before me, 
I don't want you to have any alcohol in your system when you come before me. The Lord is not condemning alcohol. He's saying, when you come before me, this is how you come before me. This is how you are to come before me. And so, again, it's a rule and a regulation. Some things make sense to me, and some things I don't get, but it's not for me to get. You know? And so, as we move on, uh, <clears throat> uh, in chapter 11, the Word talks about clean and unclean animals. You know, in, in, in chapter 10, it talks about purification after childbirth and, and from the Lord's standpoint, how certain things are unclean. Um, and then you, you do something to rectify that to get clean. <clears throat> it says here, like in, in verse 1 of chapter 12, when a woman becomes pregnant and gives birth to a male child, she will be unclean seven days. And so when she gives, what happens when she gives birth to a, a female child? Um, I'm not sure. Okay, but it says when she gives birth to a male child, she'll be unclean for seven days, and then on the eighth day she'll be clean. Now I don't I don't understand that. I don't I don't know what that means. But again, these are the 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 the, the laws and the rules, if you will, that the Lord is dictating to the people. He talks about in chapter thirteen skin diseases. You know, he gets into skin diseases and and being clean and unclean, and how to go from from being unclean to clean. It talks about, you know, fabrics being contaminated uh, with skin diseases. And um, so he's getting into some things uh, that have to do with daily life and how the people are to live and, and so that they can be right before him. Now, some of these things are, are spiritual and righteous ramifications. Others, others are, are health implications. And so the Lord is, is laying down what you need to do. And so he even gets into, in chapter 15, he gets into bodily discharges, you know. And it says, that if, this is what the word says, this isn't me. In, in verse 16, when a man has an omission of semen, he is to bathe himself completely with water and he will remain unclean until evening. Why is that? I don't know. But that's what the word says. And so, um, so we get into that. <clears throat> and in chapter 16, um, we, we talk about atonement, and atonement is, is a serious thing. And it says here, it says here a note on, on this chapter, the Day of Atonement was the most solemn day on Israel's calendar. The emphasis in this chapter is on the, on the necessity of sin being atoned for so that God's people may be forgiven and reconciled before him. Now, in order to approach a holy God, we have to be sinless in our approach. In the Old Testament, the way that it took place was through sacrifices. And so there had to be sacrifices to atone for sin. In the New Testament that we'll eventually get to, that sacrifice was Jesus. And so we approach a sinless God through Jesus, Jesus washing away all of our sins and the eternal sacrifice, if you will, so that these animal sacrifices are no longer required. <clears throat> So anyway, we see in chapter 16, verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of two of Aaron's sons when they approached the presence of the Lord and died. And verse 2, the Lord said to Moses, tell your brother Aaron that he may not come whenever he wants to into the holy place behind the curtain in front of the mercy seat of the, uh, on the ark or else he will die <clears throat> because I appear in the cloud before the mercy seat. And so he's telling them, this is how you to approach me in the Holy of Holies. So the tabernacle, inside the tabernacle was a smaller place. It was the bread of his presence and it had the mercy seat and the Ark of the Covenant and whatnot. And so, and there was a curtain. 
And so in, inside that curtain was the Holy of Holies. And he's telling Aaron, you can't come into this place any old way. You have to do it in the way in which I prescribe you to do it. In verse 3, Aaron is to enter the most holy place in this way with a young bull for sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He is to wear a holy linen tunic and linen undergarments are to be on his body. He is to tie the linen sash around him and wrap his head with a linen turban. These are holy garments. He must bathe his body with water before he wears them. He is to take uh, from the Israelite community two male goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. So he's telling, he's describing to Moses, this is how Aaron is to approach me. And again, this is after Aaron's sons have been killed. So I think Aaron is going to pay attention. And then in verse 18... We get into some very interesting things here. <clears throat> Let me just read here. Uh, uh, verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses, speak to the Israelites and tell them, I am the Lord your God. Do not follow the practices of the land of Egypt where you used to live or follow the practices of the land of Canaan where I am bringing you. You must not follow their customs. The Lord is telling Moses, don't have the people follow the customs of the peoples that live in these lands. In verse 6, you are not to come near any close relative for sexual intercourse. I am not the I am the Lord. You are not to violate the intimacy that belongs to your father and mother. She is your mother. You must not have sex sexual intercourse with her. You are not to have sex with your father's wife. She is your father's family. You are not to have sexual intercourse with your sister, either your father's daughter or your mother's. Whether born at home or born elsewhere, you are not to have sex with her. You are not to have sexual intercourse with your son's uh, daughter or your daughter's daughter, for they are your family. And so he goes into this whole thing about what you're not to do in this whole area of sexual intercourse and depravity and, and this, that, and the other. Now, why is he doing this? <laughs> And it says here, drop down to verse 20, you're not to have sexual intercourse with your neighbor's wife defiling yourself with her. Uh, verse 22, you're not to uh, sleep with a man as with a woman. It is detestable. You are not to have sexual intercourse with animals defiling yourself with it. A woman is not to present herself to an animal to mate with it. It is perversion. And so he's getting into details about this sex stuff. Now, why is that? In verse 24, do not defile yourselves by any of these practices for uh, the nation, for the nations I, for the nations I am driving out before you have defiled themselves by all these things. In other words, the Lord is telling Moses, the nations that I'm trying to keep your pra these practices from you, they've done all these things. This is why you're getting these details. And so, you know, with that, we'll pick up in verse